And and here are a couple of little, uh, what I'm calling six space action scenes that I would have liked to see if uh, Six Underground <laughs> took place in space. I want to see. Okay, sorry. What what did you you did this when you were supposed to be doing what? <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Screenwriters, the show where my co-host Rip and I try to right some wrongs by making bad movies just a little bit better. As always, I'm Chaps, and before we get to Rip this week, just a few small bits of housekeeping. Uh, we're really sorry for the re- late release, a uh, bit of scheduling conflict there, but moving forward, uh, you can expect a new episode of Screenwriters every Tuesday. And Rip, how the hell are you? <laughs> I'm good, Chaps. How are you doing, bud? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. It's been a little while since we've talked. It's been about, what, a week and a half? Yeah, I'd say about a week and a half. Uh, went on a little uh, cottage trip. A little uh, Labor Day weekend getaway? A little Labor Day weekend getaway. I kind of get what you mean now. Um, was it last week you went camping? Yeah, it was prior to last episode. Yeah, you know, it's just nice to unplug. Like, we got absolutely no service out there. Um, you know, just kind of relax and unwind. I actually was doing a little bit of reading, even. Oh, yeah. uh, title of the book, please. Uh, I'm not going to tell you because you're going to make fun of me. I'm not going to make fun of you. <laughs> what I'm is it? I'm not going to tell you. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's going to be one of those. Yes. I'll find out separately and, and then absolutely just die of laughter. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> you won't. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that was just a, a very busy, very busy weekend for you with traveling yeah. and all. You know, first time in a while I haven't kicked back and actually watched something on Netflix or or amazon prime um which kind of sucks because I, I heard the boys came out what was it uh over the weekend and I, i've been meaning to get to that because I, I saw the first season and you know so fresh so so original yeah it i okay so i've started the second season i'm not going to say anything but yeah it's just a really good show like i i love it it's really good well done so how are they doing um the episodes now? Because I thought I heard so, they're only releasing it once once a week, or is that wrong? Uh, the first three episodes are out, and then I then I think after that they switch to once a week. It's like weekly after that, which is kind of like eh, whatever. Gives you something to look forward to week to week. But I also want to just binge the whole thing because the first three episodes were great. So no, I agree. Like I'm totally that guy too. I I run every show I like into the ground to the point where I finish the first season in like a weekend. So honestly, yeah. this is good for people like me who have no restraint. That was me with uh, The Sopranos season one, but I, I've kind of laid back a bit on season two because I can just feel the mob energy. I don't know. It's just too much. <laughs> it's James Gandolfini. It's a lot. I'll, I guess I'll tell you a little bit about what I've, I've been watching this week, and I've, I've wanted to bring this back up with you. Uh, I finished Birds of Prey finally, and I think, I think I'd like to defend it a little bit because you, you didn't like it at all, right? I did not like it at all. I didn't mind the movie. I thought it was interesting. I like I like the action sequences. I like that every character kind of had their moment. Okay, so I will give you the action sequences. Like, the, the choreography is great. I will admit that. But, like, my issue was I, I, I couldn't fully enjoy it because I just wasn't enjoying myself, period. But I will, you know, I, I'll give credit to the, the choreography. It was good. You got That's me fair. on that. I, I, I thought it was an interesting movie and an interesting way to keep uh, the Harley Quinn character alive after, like, everyone just 
hated the Jared Leto Joker and all that stuff. So I, I think it's an interesting, interesting move. Other things I've... Oh, go ahead. No, no, just, just before we dive in or before we get too far away, do, do you know what I'm going to ask you to do? No, I'm not doing it again. Do it. Give the people what they want. <laughs> How do you know the people want this? Oh, they want it. <laughs> what is it? What one do you want me to do? All of them. In fact, if you could what? just talk like that for the rest of the pod. Mr. J. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done with that. <laughs> never I again. Started, never again. I never again. I started watching also recently. I, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm watching this because I'm not, but I caught two episodes of the Cobra Kai show on Netflix. Okay. It's just like, it's, I don't even know what to, how to describe it because it's so ridiculous. Like, they take the most, like, brutal characters in the first, like, <laughs> Karate Kid movie, like, the bullies, and then turn them into, like, good guys somehow, quote-unquote good guys, and it's really weird. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so you, so you, were, uh, you were a big How I Met Your Mother guy back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so do you remember, it. what's his name, the guy who plays the main character in, um, in the Cobra Kai show? You know what the actor's uh, Ra- name is? Like, it, not not Ralph Macchio, the other guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea. Uh, anyways, he's like Barney Stinson's like hero, and he like. <laughs> do, do you remember like this bit? <laughs> Where like Barney Stinson like idolizes like the Cobra Kai guy, and like yeah. So they basically just made a show out of Barney Stinson's vision. Yeah, I never thought of it that way. You're you're completely right. <laughs> completely right. Before we move on, do we do we like How I Met Your Mother still? Like, do we think it holds up? No, I don't think it does either. That's how no. much does that suck? I mean, it was good for the time, but like when you go back and you look at it, you're like, what was I laughing at? I know. And Mosby's <laughs> like a little whiny bitch now. Yeah, yeah. I think actually one of my favorite episodes of that is is the uh, the door where they don't all know where it goes, and then it's just like they're just playing a prank on somebody. Yeah, on that's each a other. Good one. I like that because it's so relatable as like a group of friends. Like you just do shit like that to each other. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Like, I think the writing's fine. I just think it's, like, it just didn't age well, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Nah. Um, In preparation for uh, Batman, after that trailer got me all psyched, I watched the Robert Pattinson movie Good Time, which is really good. Oh, it's, yeah? It's a very well-done movie. It's shot, I forget I forget the name of the directors, but it's two brothers, and the one director, he's, he plays a, a key role in the film as well. But, like, Robert Pattinson's character in it is just a trash just big pile of trash and he plays it so well <laughs> like we're all aboard the rpats train right i'm not give me more no that's what i mean like, we're, all, we're all aboard the train like give oh me, i thought give you said we're bored of it no, yeah no, I'm, no, all, no. I'm all aboard this is like i'm like ready for like the year of of robert pattinson just he's breaking out if he was an ipo i'd invest <laughs> if he, he's already <laughs> broken out he's re-breaking out that's a that's a stock joke for all you yeah all you stock jockeys out there <laughs> <laughs> moving on uh i also watched the two movies that you sent me so i watched election which plays a bit of a part in our pod it's by the director alexander payne who did downsizing yep uh didn't like that movie either so. <laughs> <laughs> running theme with him uh and i i watched everybody wants some the link later so movie so let's address the night. first one um do we think that matthew broderick just has like the worst agent of all time yes absolutely <laughs> Like I post, don't, um, post, post uh, Bueller's Day Bueller. off. Yeah. What What are you That's doing? It. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like Godzilla. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just a blank stare. Okay. Um. Everybody wants to know that movie slaps. 
Oh, dude, I had a lot of fun watching that. Something that kind of took me out of it, and you're going to make fun of me for this. Uh, I don't know if you remember when MTV, I'm, I'm just like, like, probably oversharing a little bit too much. But when MTV uh, released that series, uh, Teen Wolf. I was a big fan of it back in the day. I, I remember you telling me this. I think you were, were you at Brock at the time? Yeah, I think I was. Yeah. Um, but I, I was a big fan of that show. And it was interesting to see what, as soon as that movie started, one of the baseball bros, like the tough guy, like the hotshot, is played by like the alpha wolf from that, that Teen Wolf show. Oh, no way. <laughs> and I was like, I can't, I can't see this guy with, a, he has just like the mustache and that 80s haircut and it's perfect. I'm like, this is great. Oh, he's great I had a lot of fun movie, watching though. that movie. Oh, the movie, the movie's really, really good. Just, it moves well. It's well-paced. It's great. So, I think the last time we swapped our top 10 favorite movies, I think that made it in at number 10 for me. Is that shocking would, to you? No, it's not. It's not at all. It follows the same path of, like, you love Superbad. And Superbad was, what, three? Uh, Superbad was one, bro. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> sorry, Rip. No, that movie does slap. I think... <sighs> maybe rivaling guardians of the galaxy for like best movie soundtrack of all time oh dude it's really really good it's so good like from the from the opening opening shot of the movie i'm like yes i'm like i'm i'm in like it's great i'm pretty sure i follow i think their like playlist on spotify and i just just throw some bangers down every once in a while when i'm when i'm making dinner I didn't know there was a playlist on Spotify, but I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm gonna have to find that now. Thank you for uh, telling me about that. Yeah, it's so good. So basically, just you know, make sure you mail it back. Uh, maybe take out you know a little extra dollars on uh, insurance for when you mail it back to me. Did you buy the insurance when you mailed it to me? No, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'll do it because you probably can't find these two movies anywhere anymore. I I can't even remember. I don't think I it i want to say my girlfriend got it for me for christmas like that's how much i like this movie that i asked her to buy me the dvd <laughs> that's fair big dvd guy still uh not a big deal i respect that i respect that i just don't have the space for it <laughs> that's, that's fair <laughs> i don't think we do either in fact i'm pretty sure uh the more i grow my dvd collection the more she tosses them into the garbage <laughs> that's, that's a great a relationship we love each other yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. Why don't you hit me up with some movie news? For sure. Okay. So, are you ready for this? Yes. The Dune Absolutely. trailer is finally out. Put it directly into my veins, Denny Villano. However you pronounce his name. <laughs> that was good. That I want to see more. I want to see more. I want to see more. So my initial reactions are, um, I'm gonna have to watch this trailer about seven more times. <laughs> I don't want to watch another trailer. I think I, I want to. This is the only one I want to watch. Not because like I, I know more. Not because I didn't enjoy it or I overenjoyed it, because I don't know what is going on. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the, the the hardest thing for these epic space movies to do is like there's so much going on in them. And if you read the books, like I haven't read Dune, but I know what it's sort of about, and it's like that is a lot of content, man. How do you how do you distill that into something that people can follow along in a two and a half hour movie? I'm pretty sure this is up there and um I think movies they say that will just never translate from book to movie or to screen. And like, yeah. I, I, I would buy it. I was talking to my, um, my friend the other day and she was telling me she actually read the book and watched the original movie. And, uh, she said the original movie is absolute garbage. <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard. And, uh, I think they're, they're breaking it up into two movies. 
she could be lying, but I believe that's I was the case. Gonna, I was going to ask you about that. I think the only way you succeed with a movie that large is you got to kind of break it up. Or sorry, a book that large, you got to break it up. Yeah. But, um, I mean, just from the trailer trailer alone, I think our initial thoughts, you know, when we, when we first discussed uh, the trailer dropping and the teaser dropping after Tenet was that the cinematography is going to be beautiful, which Dude, it, it looked it amazing. It looks, it just looks so, I want to just have those landscape shots blown up to size and just hang it in my bedroom. Um, like just I can so get beautiful. you a, a landscape with that giant worm uh, for your bedroom. Would you like that? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> please. It's coming in the you know mail, what, uninsured. You know when my birthday is. <laughs> All right, what's next? Uh, another big trailer drop. Um, no Time to Die, official trailer, number two. Inject that into your veins, or... Mm, okay, so here's my thing with Bond. I ju- I'm just finding it hard to get hyped over him now. Really? I just, I just can't... I don't know. I feel... I don't know if I'm, like... I've just seen too much Bond, or there's been too much Bond, or there's been too much bad Bond. Even the bad Bond movies are fun, though, like... Okay. I just okay. not hype. I, I'm gonna see it, and I'm probably going to enjoy it. But right now, I'm just not like I don't have that like same anticipation for it. I mean, I honestly think this this one's gonna be great. So we got um, Ana de Armas, uh, Ralph Fiennes, Jeffrey Wright, Christoph Waltz, and Rami Malek coming in as the villain here. Um, I think this one's gonna bang. And and what's your? Uh, I don't think this is your take. I'm pretty sure this is a take that you stole from internet. Um, is it every other Bond movie is good? <laughs> I was just going to tell you that. It's not my take. <laughs> Definitely not my take. Um, someone out there has said it before me. But yeah, it's like that that thing of like every other Bond film is a good film. And I think, so what? That means Skyfall was good. Yeah, Skyfall was good. Spectre bad. This should be good. Yeah, so I'm I'm stoked. I mean, I'm not a Rami Malek fan. But I think I like he... him in Mr. Robot. That's about it. Okay, so I've heard that show is good. And I've heard he's good in that. So maybe it's just... I don't know, the few movies I've seen him in, I haven't really enjoyed him in. Like, I did not care for Bohemian Rhapsody at all. Wait, you didn't love him in National Treasure? No, sorry, um, Night at the Museum 2 or 3 or whatever? <laughs> Are you surprised I actually haven't seen those movies? Because <laughs> I know a lot of people would You're be. You're such a Ben Stiller fan, and you've not seen that the Night at the Museum series. Uh, I don't know. Wait, no, he's in the first one, maybe. I have no idea. I'm going to have to rewatch those movies. Anyway, all of that being said, I really think he's going to be great in this role. I think even like the villain he's playing suits him really well. Like he's like, um, like green, like I think eco terrorist or something. Like I can see Remy Malik like fitting that well. That is an interesting, interesting concept. I just like, like, is he supposed to be the phantom of the opera or? <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Boo. Someone had to say it. Uh... <laughs> what else you got for me? Uh, hang on, I'm not done because I actually think that this oh, okay. trailer, this trailer, like, like this trailer is a banger, man. Um, can we take a second to talk about the plane that turns into the submarine? That's kind of cool. That's I like that cool. we're going back to gadgets. I that was just going to say that. I, I was just going to say it. It gives me like an older Bond like feel, and I, I really like that. Yeah, it's got the like the Aston Martin Vanquish feel yeah, to it. Because like I, I don't know personally like. Here's my spicy take that I'm sure we'll get shit on. Like, Daniel Craig, I think, may be my favorite Bond. <laughs> I really, really love Pierce Brosnan in, uh, what's the one he did with uh, with Halle Berry? And they have the the, Ford, uh, the sword fighting scene. I'm I pretty sure that. you just stole the shit that's coming to me. Because is that not one of the most, like, worst 
<laughs> one of the most worst uh the worst <laughs> like bond film <laughs> was that, probably uh, i'm not a bond expert in no sense of the term <laughs> Oh, but I really shit. enjoy that one. I think I think I watched that one as like a really young kid, so that's probably why I like it a lot. Like just that sword fighting scene. Just in, I just like sword fights in general. Uh, you won me over with that. All right. I mean, thanks for taking the heat off me. <laughs> no problem. All right. You ready for number three? Yeah, hit me. Okay. Um. <clears throat> Very nice. Borat. What would uh, Borat 2 already been shot and screened by Sasha Baron Cohen? Honestly, That's... I'm not surprised. <laughs> well, yeah, because we see recently, like, in, like, on Twitter, there was images of him, like, in character. Those started to surface recently. See, like, the thing is, like, when I hear things like that, I'm just like, ah, it's just Sasha Baron Cohen doing Sasha Baron Cohen things. I don't think Borat do. Like, he probably, just, like, goes to bed dressed as Borat sometimes. That's fair. Like, imagine, like, Isla Fisher, Isla Fisher like, just chilling in the kitchen one day she opens the fridge closes the door boom like hey Anna, you're my wife how do you think she puts up with him she probably loves it man she, she's probably into it i don't know i know how uh, how much your girlfriend hates the sandler impressions are we doing a, an impression show, show now is that what we are I'm just hoping that somebody contacts me for uh, voiceover work. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be perfect. Uh, so a little more on uh, Borat too. Uh, though the plot details do remain kind of vague. Um, basically what I've read is Borat is no longer the uh, little known Kazakhstan TV personality he played in the original uh, 2006 movie. So basically the public knows who he is now. So now he has to go undercover to do his interviews. And um, it's basically just Sasha Baron Cohen playing borat who's playing sasha Baron Cohen, <laughs> which i think is probably the best plot you could get for this just a bunch of different disguises i i think that's great have you watched his um his hbo show this is america something like that i've seen like one or two episodes yeah there's some good bits in there yeah there are there are. it's a good show yeah uh, i would suggest finishing it to be honest like i i really enjoyed it Got a lot on the go right now, okay? <laughs> James Gandolfini, man. Can't get away from him. Can't. Uh, number four. So, uh, Jason Statham and Guy Ritchie are reteaming up for uh, a spy thriller called Five Eyes. I'm in. Thoughts? I'm in. <laughs> so, I think this is the first movie they're doing together since um, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Have you seen yeah. that? I, ha- I have seen both those movies. Or, sorry, not both those movies. Because he did Snatch as well, right? He did do Snatch, yeah. Which and they like, came out at the same time. <clears throat> um, I actually haven't seen either one of those movies. I'm embarrassed to admit. You should. They're, they're good movies. They're I've tried really watching good. Snatch so many times, but I'm never in the right headspace for it. Yeah, I get that. Like it I'll throw it movies. on, and uh, you know I'll like I don't know be on my phone or something, and you absolutely cannot do that for that movie because yeah. you have a hard enough time understanding him to begin with. That's exactly it, and it and a lot happens in it. In, in like short amounts of time it's like very quick paced cutting and stuff like that and like you're supposed to intake a lot of information all at once so that yeah you got it you can't be half invested in that movie if you're gonna watch it you gotta like this is the night i watched this movie yeah which i'm gonna have to do um i'll hit you with a another vague description so basically the movie follows statham an mi6 agent recruited by global intelligence alliance five eyes 
to track down and stop the sale of a deadly new weapons technology. So basically every action movie you've ever seen. Other than yes. Six Underground. Mm. Or, they'd, <laughs> or they'd want you to believe that. <laughs> uh, this actually seems pretty dope, though, for like... I feel like we get a lot of action movies, but they're never good. They're just like yeah, Fast do. and the Furious. Yeah, it's or like, they're like Fast and the Furious, or they're like Six Underground. Yeah, or like Michael Bay movies. Like, this is actually pretty sick, because, I don't know, it seems to me like there's going to be some substance to this one. So I, I'm, I'm I actually excited. So. I hope so. I, and we're going to, we're, we're not done with, with uh, Mr. Statham for the day, I don't think. <laughs> a little bit of foreshadowing. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's all I got for movie news. All right, well then let's uh, roll right into our movie of the week. So this week, Rip and I watched Six Underground, and... Just to recap what we do here, we watch these movies and then through a few different categories, try to offer up some ideas on how to make them better. So, yeah. Um, Rip, do you want to, do you have any opening thoughts before I read the synopsis and really jump into this movie or? Uh, my opening thoughts on the movie? Basically. Before I even get into it. I'm going to preface my opinion here on this movie with, has a lot of elements required to make an entertaining solid action flick? However, it's just not a good one. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it takes itself way too seriously. Wicked. All right. So after after that brief little prelude to what we're going to be discussing, here's the synopsis for uh, Six Underground. <clears throat> Four years after witnessing the horrors of a brutal regime in the Central Asian nation of Turkestan, an unnamed American billionaire and philanthropist who made his fortunes from inventing neodymium magnets, whatever that means, fakes his own death to form an anonymous vigilante squad to take down criminals and terrorists that the government will not touch. So in doing so, Ryan Reynolds turns himself into number one, and he recruits five other people to abandon their past and join his cause as ghosts. Uh, he recruits number two, who is a spy, number three, who is a hitman, number four, who is a parkour runner, and yes, I'm very happy parkour's back, uh, <laughs> number five, a doctor, and six, a driver played by James uh, Dave Franco, who we later... Um, don't see anymore. He dies very early on in this movie. <laughs> Spoilers. Oh, well, hey, you got to watch the movie, right? <laughs> Alrighty. So this movie is directed by Michael Bay because who else is going to direct this movie? Uh, written by, uh, Paul Wernick and Rhett Reese, definitely the team writing Deadpool one and two. They also wrote Zombieland and the movie life. They seem to be like Ryan Reynolds' go-to writers. Would you agree with that, Rip? Yeah, it seems that way. Um, I don't know how they pulled that off, but good for them. Yeah, yeah, really good for them. So the cast consists of Ryan Reynolds, Melanie Laurent, Manuel Garcia Rolfo, Ben Hardy, Adria Adjorna, Dave Franco, and Corey Hawkins, who plays number seven. The movie was released in 2019 with a budget of $150 million, and since it wasn't released in theaters, I think we pulled the uh, Netflix stats for viewership, and it was something, what, $83 million in the first four weeks? Uh, yeah, that's what I got. I was reading an article that kind of went into a little bit more detail on that, and apparently before Netflix released those numbers, they also changed how they count views, and apparently they changed it from, like, you need to watch 75% of a, a movie to count it, to, like... The first five minutes. Not sure how true this is, Seems but like a legit I read trick. it. Read it on the Hollywood Reporter. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this movie receives a thirty-five percent from critics on Rotten Tomatoes, and the audience gives it sixty percent. 
that's about it. And now I think we can just dive right into like our opening thoughts on this movie. Can I kick it off by just saying, of course, this movie starts by them having to go find a new crew member. <laughs> yep. That's how every movie starts. Like, here's my opening thought. Here's my problem with every Michael Bay film ever. They're too damn long and they don't have enough substance to sustain them. Like, they're just, why, why is this movie, this movie's like two and a half hours. I honestly think we can just end the podcast right there. I think that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, uh, another, another, uh, another good episode of screenwriters. See you next week when we cover. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but <laughs> I just, I just, this movie, it was really fast. There's a lot of stuff happening. I couldn't digest it all upon first viewing, which took me three or four attempts to get through. I need to watch it again to really understand the plot, but there's a lot of stuff going on in this movie that I think could work if we rework it in a couple of interesting ways. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, you hit a lot of my points right on the, right off the bat, like having big bold letters. It's way too long. Yep. (laughs) Just way too long. It sucks because like the plot to me anyways, is like by far the worst part of this movie. Like from the second we start, we get like this really cringy opening monologue about ghosts it's just so woke and just so deep. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's moments like these that, like, make me feel like this movie is trying way too hard. <laughs> I would, I'm going to agree with you wholeheartedly because it, it it drops you right into an action scene that is like, wow, this is, like, kind of really cool and there's a lot of stuff happening. But you just, like, okay, why, who, what even were they doing <laughs> in that first chase? I don't know, and it sucks because I really like the car chase. Like, I think that's that's probably the best part of the movie, right? Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I I, I was asking you this a little earlier, but did you notice? This is the first time I've noticed in like a car chase or like action stunt piece, where when a car cl- crashes with another car, you just see the bodies fly out of cars, or the door opens and someone rolls out. I was like, that's an interesting move. I've no, I don't think I've seen a lot of that in any other like action movie. No, me neither. I feel like. This is um a little unusual for Michael Bay because this movie's like pretty bloody. It's pretty gory, and like you said, there's bodies flying all over the place. Somebody's head literally blew up. <laughs> the yeah. the flashbang. Yeah, I yeah, it, uh, and that oh, I thought it was a flashbang. Yeah, it's pretty uncharacteristic for him, no. I I would think so. Yeah, it's normally just robots fighting each other. That's all we've had from Michael Bay the last decade. But the thing is, like, I I kind of loved it about it. Like, I thought yeah. he did a really good job with this movie. Like, I actually don't fault Michael Bay at all for this. That's funny, because I fault Michael Bay entirely for this. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to dive into the story, into our story category, so we can discuss why yeah, I for, fault him and you do not? For sure. Um, I'll, I'll kick it off. I mean, getting into the actual plot, like, despite not liking it at all, I feel like it did provide a lot of fun scenes and, like, really good shots. I just feel like we could have gotten all of these fun scenes and really good shots without the plot that they chose. <laughs> That's fair. I like, agree. Yeah, this that, weird, they're, they're... I don't know, this weird, like, preachy, interventionist, like, brother swap with the dictator. Like, Yeah, the, I, I don't, like, so here's my thing with the story. This appears to me to be, like, Netflix's attempt to keep up with, like, the movies in the MCU and the fast franchise. Like, I think that's not like a hot take at all. I think that's just obvious. They just, they, they kept it too tame though. If they wanted to compete with them, like what is this? Like 
action story that we've seen time and time again, like which is like a coup, a coup d'état, I think it's called. <laughs> I mean, I I honestly feel like we're on opposite ends here. This this could be a first. Well, yeah. I don't. Uh, what we haven't disagreed on any other uh, any other topics on this podcast yet. I I don't know. This this could be a. This could be a splitting of the. <clears throat> oh, I, I, I guess know. we have to stop. I guess we have to stop. stop I, I guess I gotta rewatch the movie because I don't have any <laughs> flashy proverbs to throw at you here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I did though come up with a couple of different ways. I think I would have liked to see this movie come to life rather than the one that we got. So, would you like me to hit you with option number one? Yeah, sure. Okay, so for option number one, what I think is, <clears throat> I think they have a solid little idea here with like getting these ghosts they don't have a pass blah 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 and they can be a cool team to take down enemies bad guys but what i think that lacks is like this human element to make us like relate to these characters you kind of get it a little bit there's like some first little flashback scenes and you kind of find out where the other people come from but it doesn't give you enough i think so uh, my idea is like maybe rather than spending each act of this movie blowing stuff up you can like explore who these people are as humans and then that way every action that is included in the movie just comes with so much more weight like so when four is like in the water and he's like under underwater and he's holding his breath and he's like gonna die maybe before that you saw like a clip of his past and like he's got a little brother or something like that that he cares for you know what i mean like just to bring that level of humanity back to the film let you relate a little bit more yeah i mean i, I guess that's one way to do it again like we're on complete opposite sides here because to me, I actually thought you could have just done away with all the character arcs completely. Like to me, this you is would like, have just want the John Wick route a, a little bit. Like to me, this could have been, I think a really good like action blockbuster movie had they not tried to make it something that it's clearly not. I felt that by adding a lot of the character arcs, one, you're like substantially increasing the runtime, but two, like, I don't know. What are you trying to pull here? Like these people don't have like these like in-depth, I don't know, backgrounds. Like they're, to, they me, could. to me, their characters should be like their specialty. Like that's cool. I know I got all I need to know from what you specialize as. Like that's cool. You're an, a, a CIA spook. So I'm assuming you didn't like what was going on with the CIA. Like I can just make all of these assumptions, I think, based off of their backgrounds. And I think by diving into their backgrounds, that's where a lot of the seriousness um, is coming from. And and to me, it's just not warranted. You just don't need that. So you, you, you just see this movie as more of just like action all the time, only action. Well, yeah, no, because I feel like what we got from Ryan Reynolds character was enough of like a, a character arc to, I think, hold the movie as its own. Like, let's be real. The cast here is just finger puppets for Ryan Reynolds. No, no, you're right. I, I, this movie, like, it, the the budget probably went entirely to Ryan Reynolds. And I really feel like, you know, going into each person's background, like, that's where our runtime comes from. Like, I don't think you need that. I think you could do, like, yeah. a quick flashback of, like, oh, look, the CIA spook, like, killed somebody. Oh, look, like, the hitman, like, killed somebody. Oh, look, like, you know, the okay. parkour, what they call him, the Skywalker. He's, like, running across it, buildings. Like, that's cool. I, I don't like think him. you have to go into, like, the hitman's, like, dying mother having, like, Alzheimer's. I, I like I just like stuff about that that kind of like when they do that because it just feels like there's more weight to everything. I just I just couldn't like I cared I didn't care about anybody in this movie. That's why it was probably too hard for me to get through. I just like had no 
I wasn't invested in anything to keep watching it. It was just like, okay, let's here we go. We're in act two. What's going to blow up this time? That's kind of how I felt. I think a lot of that just comes from the, the lackluster plot. Like I actually think this movie could have really benefited from not trying to be as bold as it was trying to be. Like, I think that had you simplified things and kept this, you know, your basic tropey action movie, it would have really done well. Like say, instead of this coup d'etat, you know, we go the cliche action uh, movie route with like a kidnapping or retrieving a stolen object or how just like preventing like the use of a weapon. Like they discussed, right. um, for instance, I think they brought up like chemical warfare or something on their citizens. Like, let's go in and just stop that. Let's just go in and kill the dictator. And that's it. You know what I mean? Something straight to the point instead of like, yeah. oh, who knew that this crazy dictator had like a democracy loving brother? Like, give me a break. The, the plan and the plot of this movie is so ridiculous. Like, I, if, okay, I think in the beginning they kill the general's lawyers to force the generals into somewhere, and then they kill the generals to force the other guy into somewhere, and then they kill the general. I, I don't know. Right? <laughs> just so much of this movie, like, it's just trying so hard to not be a stereotypical action movie, and then, like, that's, to me, it's all so, you have to do. Like, so I, let me... <laughs> Go, go ahead. Yeah, let me let me propose my second option to you then. Um, I don't have all the details on how this movie would come to life, but <clears throat> what if you get Michael Bay and he subverts all those tropes that he's come to love so much and that his movies are made of, and he does it in like a really stylish way, and you get like maybe you get an espionage thriller out of this instead of this like big bombastic everything's blowing up all the time kind of movie where the where the action is more subtle and less like just blow everything up i think that could have been a really cool take on this movie where you just get something you're not expecting from michael bay i mean do we think he can do that <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> i get what you're saying director. though and i think that that's maybe like the main issue with here maybe we're not so far off because maybe the issue is you know and I, I know we harp on this a lot but it's a bit of an identity crisis where yeah. they're trying too hard to be bold but at the same time they want the the michael bay-esque like nature to it you know the explosions and the head blowing off. So I think you're right. You either have to go the way you just said, or you could even play it a little tongue in cheek, right? Like Austin Powers, the fucking thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, like I, Ryan I wrote Reynolds down, is perfect um, for that. I, I wrote down like lean more into Ryan hating everything about the, his like team just being tropes. Like he knows his team is, are just walking tropes, lean more into that. And then you have more of like a comedy action rather than a serious action. I, I don't know. Yeah. Like I think, this could have been pretty cool had they gone the route of like say MacGruber. <laughs> <laughs> like that's per- to me that's that perfect for a streaming well, movie. Because then you get you get Michael Bay making fun of himself basically, right? And I would have gone for that. I would have been like, yeah, that's cool. But what? <laughs> Leave Michael Bay alone. <laughs> he doesn't deserve this. No, no. I, I okay. There's nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Do I have anything against Michael Bay? I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> but all I'm saying is. This this movie, like, so the way it got made, Six Underground, it was a script floating around from the Deadpool team, and then Michael Bay was brought on top of it. So I feel like you can see, like, here's the script and Michael Bay on top of it. You you see the parts that he added to the script for sure. Is that true, or are you hitting me with... I think you can. I think you can. <laughs> I, th- I think if you read between the lines, you'd be like, oh, there was a really cool action movie in here, and it had, like, great dialogue, and it was slick. And then Michael Bay came in and just added cars flipping over and blew a bunch of people up 
I, I don't know. I can't really comment on that. I'm not familiar with these guys' work at all. Because, like, I feel like I'm the one person in the world who doesn't like the Deadpool movies. <laughs> so I, I can't really you, comment on, on their writing, I guess, in did general. Did you see Zombie, Zombieland 1? I saw the first one. I, I thought yeah. it was okay. I don't know. It felt mm-hmm. kind of like Woody Harrelson carried it for the most part. Oh, well, he's just fantastic. <laughs> Gonna have to add him to a movie making soon. Come on the pod, um, Woody. I, Woody, if you're listening... <laughs> Uh, I do have a third option for where I would have liked the plot or storyline to go. Would you like to hear it? No. (laughs) I'm going to tell it to you anyways. (laughs) So I mentioned it earlier that I I believe that these movies are kind of designed to contend with the Fast franchise or the MCU movies. But I felt like they just didn't go far enough to do so. Here's where I think they could have gone. The rumors have been out there for years that the the Fast franchise is going to space. So they should have just done it first. They should have just had six underground. They go to space for some crazy reason. And and here are a couple of little, uh, what I'm calling six space action scenes that I would have liked to see if uh, six underground <laughs> took place in space. I want to see. Okay. Sorry. What, what did you, you did this when you were supposed to be doing what? <laughs> <laughs> when did I come up with this? <laughs> when I was supposed to be working on the podcast or my real job? I don't know. <laughs> Um, Please continue. So yeah, a couple of examples of what I would have liked to see in like space action, you know. So number one, using guns and bullets to propel or guide yourself through a space chase. Number I two, like that. I actually a really space like that. chase. <laughs> <laughs> um, number three, I thought it might might be cool if we have a seven sevens character. I think his name uh, uh, Corey Corey Hawkins. Maybe his sniper character or his like marksman makes a shot from from space back to earth you know like maybe maybe a couple of bad guys are like using the tech like they're doing a space jump and he just he clips one of them as they're re-entering the atmosphere this is the exact kind of ridiculousness i was talking about like if this movie did not take itself so seriously yeah sign me up like i'm i'm ready i think that movie would have been a lot more fun make that movie (laughs) i'm sorry i bet you weren't expecting praise eh <laughs> I wasn't. Off. I thought you. I thought you were gonna just rip it apart. Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> nice play on words, though. Thank you for catching that. <laughs> Do you have anything else to uh, talk about story-wise? No, I think I really. I don't know. I feel like I summarized my thoughts pretty well. I just. I think a lot of it needs to be trimmed, and that trimming comes from you know the the preachy proverbs and the metaphors and all the character backgrounds. Like I think that this is. I think this movie would work best as just a slick action movie that follows the basic tropes. You have such a good lead in this, like Ryan Reynolds carrying it. I don't think you need all this background and all this like preachy drama. Like I, it's, it doesn't seem like him. And honestly, we'll see when we get into casting. It kind of made me not like him in this movie period. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed him. I think he has a line that I really enjoyed. Um, he's like snatch and grab. Those two words mean the same thing. Like, I thought that was, I was like, that's funny. I think we just discovered the title of this week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, you either do the a really slick action movie or uh, go to space. Do some space action. Austin powers it up. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't have a lot for the uh, casting category of this, but I will say this. I really liked... Um, the actress who played number two, I think her name is Melanie Laurent. She she's been kind of appearing over I the put years. That too. She was in a 
She was in uh, Inglorious Bastards. She was yeah, in a couple of other um, really good movies. Shoshana. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's and so she's weird. She's been popping up. She was great. Fantastic. Yeah, Plays I that kind of character good. really well. I liked um, number four, Ben Hardy, as well. I just, I'm, I'm glad parkour isn't dead. I, I, what's going on, man? Like, we are honestly not on the same page at all this podcast. I, why? Parkour is not back. I'm sorry, Chaps. It's not back. Stop trying to make parkour happen again. It's not back. I get right, that. Lastly, hang on, oh, because I'm not, I'm not done with this. <laughs> to have a parkour guy or free running, whatever you call it. And I, <laughs> I know you're laughing because I'm doing the doing the hand thing at you right now. So I want you to listen to me. <laughs> like, I get it. He's like the kid of the group. But to have this kid, you know, and like, I guess what is supposed to arguably be one of the best, like six, like crews in town. It's ridiculous. He brings nothing to it other than just providing really cool action shots. Can I just say it's funny that they they killed off uh, Dave Franco <laughs> in favor of him as the kid in the movie? That's a whole other thing too. Why is he even in this movie? That made me so mad. No idea. What I, what I was going to say though is I also really enjoyed um, Seven, Corey Hawkins. I think he added a lot to the movie and like his, his um, chemistry with Ryan Reynolds was pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I mean, I like the actor in general, but again, like, I just feel like his arc was just too dramatic for this movie. That's that's my opinion. Ryan Reynolds' character? No, 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 sorry, Corey Hawkins, uh, Seven. Oh, okay, that's, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like, you know what I mean? Like, we, we have, I don't know, because I feel like his, the dramatic, um, like, vibe that we get from his character and his character arc, to me, it just clashes completely with Ryan Reynolds in general. Like, that scene well, of, supposed to, of them... Well, it's supposed to create tension. But I don't think it creates tension so much as it just i don't know to me it just felt uncomfortable it just makes ryan reynolds's character pissed off for some reason i i, I don't know the dynamic is just it's just weird that's just what i got from it no i i didn't i liked him a lot in it in general though i mean i i do think the casting was was fine like i don't have yeah. any issues with who was casted for who other than like i said for the movie i just watched i could have done without ryan reynolds in general i don't know i just i didn't like him at all for this role like, I like him as an action guy. Like, he, I think he's funny. And um, what's he in? Was it Hobbs and Shaw? I think he, he was in. He played, like, a funny, like, CIA guy. Like, I think he can do this genre. I just don't yeah. think this was the right fit. Like, I think that if we had gone 75% more tongue-in-cheek, like, the way I think this movie should have been, I think he knocks his head out of the park. Who would you replace him with, then? I don't know. Honestly, anybody. Nathan Fillion. I... I... <laughs> Oh, Nathan Fillion. There you go. <laughs> um, I wrote down what I was funny. I wrote down um, the entire casting budget went to Ryan Reynolds. And if it hadn't, it probably would have went to Jamie from Game of Thrones. I feel like he is just like the easy swap in place. Like you get hit, you get this. Uh, it's Nikolai Coster Waldo. Put him in it. Basically the same movie. I can see that. He's, he's like a slick guy. Yeah, he's funny. He's got that. He's got that kind of swagger to him. Um. Do you want to talk about five for a second? Which one was five? So five's the doctor. Right. Got you. The medic. So I like her in this movie. Cause I think like, you know, she's got the like action, like swagger, right? Whatever. But I think having her in this as a doctor is like such a waste. Like, mm. I don't, I don't, what was the point of having the doctor outside of the first five minutes? She didn't do anything. Yeah. She kind of becomes like background. Right? So, yeah. I don't know. To me, I think you either just eliminate the doctor altogether and, like, maybe implement um, 
like like they could have used like a planner i thought you know somebody who, yeah. who does the the grunt work who sets up the missions and such like i guess ryan reynolds kind of does that but i don't i don't know like his role's not really defined either if he's doing that and he's doing the the magnets <laughs> like i just think her as a doctor is kind of wasted because because she's kind of cool she walks into um this is going to be another aside thing we're going to talk about in a second. She walks into that, I guess, the the hotel or the condo building or whatever in China. Yeah. Like, I, I thought she did that well. You know, she's owning the scene the way I'd like yeah. to see it. But I don't know. Like, her as a doctor, it's just it's just a waste. Well, I think you nailed it. It's just like, she just wasn't in it enough. It's just like, here's a couple scenes, done. Right? I, that's what I think one of, the, one of the problems with this movie is, too. Like, the characters are, like you said, they are cool maybe you need more time with them yeah so to go back to that aside for a sec um is it just like a thing like have you noticed this too where we're getting random action scenes in china yeah i've seen that i've, I think I've been noticing this it's very like aesthetically pleasing but like i don't know like how random is it to just shoehorn that part into this movie i'm gonna tell you when we get into the film and catch-all section <laughs> we need to talk about geography and the way it works <laughs> in this movie. All right, let's let's just do it. Let's jump into catch all because I I have nothing okay. more to say. All right, I need to see a map of where they went and where they were because I have <laughs> no idea what is going on geographically speaking in this movie. You know what they need to add is one of those like pull out shots where you see a giant map and then you see a plane yeah, 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 fly see plane. Yeah, from one that. continent to the other with the, like the little red dash marks behind it. I'm not even. I'm not even, like that. We need that, but also like. I wrote this down like there's a in one of the action sequences I think it was near the end <clears throat> they're like they're in this like downtown core area and then up on this big ass mountain and then back and forth really quickly between all this these spaces and uh, they hit three's car and he like goes like we uh, like screeching out of control and his car like slides by water and then somehow is immediately back downtown and I'm like <laughs> how is he at the coastline <laughs> Like and then now his car is rolled down. Like I'm, I don't understand how these uh, pieces are stitching together. It just didn't. My mind was just all over the place. Yeah, I can suspend you know disbelief, but there's a lot of there. There's no concept of time in this movie. Nothing. I I. There's no concept of like time flow. Like I don't know when things are happening and if this happened before that thing. I I forgot that Ryan Reynolds even invented those magnets. I didn't even catch that. That's yeah. Which. To build on, those magnets would have been sick in space. <laughs> they would have. Did you know that you could become a billionaire by making magnets? Because I had no idea. No idea. No idea. No idea. No idea. Well, <laughs> another thing that I, I was noticing is I found a lot of the action, the editing on it was just really quick and like just shaky and jumbly and moving around really fast. It kind of felt like a very poor knockoff of a Guy Ritchie movie, but you haven't seen <laughs> those movies, so we can't... <laughs> No, no, I, I know exactly what you're saying. No, there's a lot of like shaky cam, and like, yeah, like you said, the the action scenes are all kind of over the place. It, I don't know. It didn't bug me I, as much. And the, the entire movie has that um filter put over top of it that makes it look like uh, a grenade just exploded right next to your ear. <laughs> it has that filter over everything. So I guess this is where <laughs> this is the the part of the podcast now where you're laying on Michael Bay, which is no, fair. No, no. I don't know I mean, choice I that was. I mean, that's that's all directing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna I'm I'm just gonna let people decide. And like, that's what I mean. If you take this movie for what it is, 
you can't really fault Michael Bay. So I think he knew exactly what he was doing in his Michael Bay fashion. And I want to touch on one scene, the uh, the pool scene, because this was absolutely ridiculous. Like, don't get me wrong, I absolutely loved it. But there was not that much water in that pool. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, there's no way. There's no way you get this Jumanji-style cascading, <laughs> rushing waterfall from that pool. It's a fucking tsunami. It is. <laughs> Running through this guy's condo building. Like, what? Oh, I love it. You had the smallest little glass pool, and you get a fucking tsunami coming out of it. I, I don't know. I loved it, but I I don't know what to do with it. What, what, do, we, what do we do with this? Same idea, but in space. <laughs> space tsunami. I, I, wrote, um, I wrote a note about the music. Um, <clears throat> I felt that they used a lot of big, bombastic, anthemic songs at the wrong times. Did you, did you catch that? Like, they'd have this crazy song going off and there's just nothing to match it. And I'm like, what? What am I stoked for? I have so many comments about the soundtrack. Like, to start, if you're going to have, like, a 40-minute opening scene in a car, like a, a car chase, you got to use a lot of songs for that. Like, did anybody <laughs> think of that? No. When they were filming it, were they like, oh, fuck. Like, I think we're running out of, like, songs from nhl 20 to, to add to this song or to add to this chase so true it, did, like, it felt a lot like that i full-on imagine that this soundtrack straight up came from like whoever <laughs> i guess michael bay michael bay was just driving his car one day listening to like the alternative rock station and he was like oh this is a good one and he decided to write it down because that is what this soundtrack feels like literally any alternative rock is. station you put on right now yeah. i guarantee at least one of those songs is in this movie yeah, I, I think the soundtrack was done by Imagine Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> I have no other. I have no other comments for the the catch all area. I have not covered it off. Did you enjoy the yeah. movie, Chaps? I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I, it was hard to. It was just hard to get through. Like any time I was started to enjoy myself, the movie would remind me how much I hated it. Like the one time, my final thought on this movie is. A quote from the movie. Um, <clears throat> Next time, can we just knock off a fucking casino? Please, would you? <laughs> what? That's one of the quotes. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to say, you know, if it's a Friday night and you're in the mood to crush a bag of popcorn, suspend disbelief and just watch shit blow up for like two hours, I, I would still recommend watching this movie. Just take a sip of beer every time a character says something woke and you'll have a good time. Love it. Love, Love it. it. All right. Before we get to uh, movie making this week, Rip has a little little game for us to play. So um, how do you feel about doing a little draft? Uh, you know me. I'm not very good at drafts, but I love to participate. <laughs> it's been a, a while since fantasy hockey, so I got to get my, uh, my fix somehow. Uh, what do you say to drafting a crew of five people? Uh, they have to either be some sort of spy or mercenary. And uh, picking a sponsor, since this we didn't even touch on this, this movie was so heavily like filled with product placement. <laughs> let's uh, let's draft really a sponsor was. to fund our, our crew of five. Love it. All right, so how are we determining draft order? We should have chose. 
Because I, oh, we should have chose for it. We should have chose for it. Do you want to do a live choosing? A live choosing? Yeah. Okay, just just one? Just one, yeah, just one. Okay. Um, (laughs) What do you got? I got odds. All right, I got evens. (laughs) Okay. Once, twice, three. Shoot, shoot. Bro, bro, that's so delayed. Also, it was mine, so I win. (laughs) All right, fair enough. (laughs) I guess I'm anticlimactic. I didn't even account for this because in, in my mind, I thought for sure I was going to lose. Um, I'm going to take Ethan Hunt for Mission Impossible. Uh, this ruins literally everything. I didn't <laughs> I didn't even take time to come up with a backup leader. Do you, do you want him that bad? I will Honestly, I'll give him to you. No, no, no. Do you, you want Ethan Hunt that bad? No, you can have him. Okay. Ethan Hunt off the board. All right. So he's, he's your leader. He's my of, main guy. The team, right? Yeah. All right. So. I'm going to take as my leader of the crew, James Bond. Okay, that was... Uh, honestly, I figured yeah. I was going to get James Bond in this, so that's that's fine. Okay. Well, I really wanted Ethan Hunt. Like, that that one hurts. <laughs> uh, next? Okay. I have a lot of good picks on, on my list here, but I got to get inside your head here to see who you're going to draft next. <laughs> and I'm a little worried. I don't know. Like, I feel like this is an obscure pick, but I'm, I'm still worried you're going to take her. So I'm going to take Emily Blunt's character from Edge of Tomorrow. And she's going to be my combat. Oh, man. That's a good pick. I never even thought of that. That's Fuck. a really good pick. <laughs> that's a really, really good pick. My my weapons expert, uh, or the muscle, or the all-around hothead of the team, will be Snake Plissken, Kurt Russell's, Kurt Russell's character from the <laughs> Escape franchise. <laughs> Can you say that name again? Snake Plissken. All right, Snake Pliskin off the board. <laughs> the eye patch wearing Merc. Um, all right, I'm gonna go to my uh, my number three here. I'm gonna go for uh, for a tech guy. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna take Q from 007. That's a good that's a good tech guy. You got like James that. Bond, so I'm gonna go Q. Yeah. Um, my tech guy is somebody who I think was ahead of his time. <clears throat> his name's Lyle better known as the real Napster, Seth Green's character from The Italian Job. This this guy had 3D renderings before anybody else when he was mapping out that whole job. I, I want him on my team. <laughs> what is this team? What it's great. Mean? It's great. But like, <laughs> okay, no, I wasn't expecting Seth Green to, to get even an honorable mention in this. So I'm, I'm a little thrown. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, I'm going to take my driver next. Uh, I'm going to go my boy Dom Toretto, Vin Diesel from the Fast and the Furious franchise. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so my driver might be contentious. I'll, let me know if you're if you're willing to let this, if you're okay with this. Okay. I have a backup pick in case. I want Randall Memphis Reigns from Gone in 60 Seconds to be my driver, <laughs> the Nick Cage character. <laughs> I don't want to allow it because I'm pissed I didn't even think of that. But I will allow it. Because he's not technically a merc or a spy. He's just a car thief. Uh, he's like an in-between. That's fine. He okay. got he got pinched, and uh, he's he's trying to knock off some time. Okay. Uh, okay. I like it. Uh, okay, so we're on number five, right? Yeah. <sighs> okay. This is tough, because I kind of want to go comedic relief, but I also kind of want to have a good team. <laughs> Wait, what role are you filling? That, that's what I mean. I'm, I got a comedic relief, which is apparently a role in a crew of five, uh, according to me. Oh, so that's just a role. That's just... This is just a role. Strictly comedic relief. 
Love it. Or I can go a handyman. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go handyman. I'm gonna go with Eggsy from uh, the Kingsman. He's gonna okay. be my my quick on his feet guy. You know, my my young stud coming up. That's a really that's a really good squad you got there. I think so. My my last pick is a he's I guess you would call him a handyman because the, the title of his movie implies it. But he's more of my assassiny type uh, uh, stealthy guy. I want Arthur Bishop, the uh, character Jason Statham plays in the mechanic. That's a good one. He, you need Jason Statham. He, he's good. He's good. I will say I could have um, made a team of just Jason Statham characters. Oh yeah, absolutely. Or Tom Cruise characters. I, I thought about it. So I really wanted to work Mark Wahlberg in somehow, but like, shit, man. There's honestly okay, I, re- I re- couldn't re- think of anything I wanted his character in. <laughs> I had Shooter down re- as like a backup. That's fair. He could have been like the, the sniper, I guess, like yeah. the marksman or whatever. That's not exciting though. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah. I feel like uh, re- recap well. your team for me. Uh, okay, so I got Ethan Hunt as my main. Uh, okay. Emily Blunt as my my number two, my combat. Uh, I got Q as my tech guy. Uh, Dom Toretto as my driver, and Eggsy uh, from the Kingsman as my handyman. Okay, well, who's uh, who's funding the operation? Uh, the operation will be funded by Dasani Water. Okay, uh, I'm sorry, Dom. Uh, there will be no Corona. Only Dasani Water is available. Is there any any reason why? Any any thought behind the choice? Uh, because everybody knows Dasani water is terrible. And uh, I think this is their play to get back in the market. (laughs) Just, can you just imagine, you know, Tom Cruise running like a good kilometer straight and then drenching himself in Dasani water? I think that would sell. I think so. I I think that's a good, that's a good uh, product placement right there. (laughs) Do you want to recap your five and give me uh, your sponsor? Yes. Okay. So my leader will be James Bond, the weapons expert, Snake Plissken. Our tech guy will be the real Napster. The driver is Randall Memphis Reigns. And our assassin slash all-around guy is Arthur Bishop. And the brand sponsoring this one is going to be Sponge Towels. <laughs> because I feel like Sponge Towels lend themselves really well to, like, like bullet, bullet-like bullet stuff. Sure. You bullet through it and it, blow, it blows up really nicely. It just, like, cascades. You, you get that in slow-mo. It's going to be great. I, so I'm gonna say I think my team would kick the shit out of your team, but I think I would rather uh, watch your yeah. movie. <laughs> I think your team beats mine. Did, oh, did you write down uh, what mission they're trying trying to do? Uh, no, I think they're nah, generally I just that, just good for everything. Yeah, just <laughs> you name it. Crew. Uh, let's say need. stop in a nuclear warhead. They could do it. Yeah, I mean with Ethan Hunt on the team, you could do, do pretty much anything. <laughs> that was a lot of he fun. He has should... stopped a nuclear warhead. Several times. We should do more drafts. Actually, I really like that. I had fun with that too. I think uh, maybe we'll bring somebody in next time we do a draft. I feel like it'd be um, a little more intense with three people, you know? Yeah, I'd have to do more. I'd have to write down more names. (laughs) (laughs) I I only wrote one name down per category and audible to James Bond because I had to. That's really funny. I have like a list of like 15 guys. So my comedic relief was going to be Austin Powers. That would be funny. But because I don't he think... still like succeeds in missions in in his movies, right? So he's not completely inept. I, I honestly think there'd have to be a point where Ethan Hunt finally dies, and then it becomes Austin Powers' team, played by Tom Cruise, though. Oh, <laughs> right. I like it. That's good. That's good. Alrighty, do you want to move into movie making? Yeah, I'm. I'm excited for uh, some Rhode Island facts. What do you got? can you go first this time no i'll go first i think my uh i think mine is gonna be i don't know 
I, I came up with this one today because this. Let's just recap the criteria Rip gave me real quick. <clears throat> I was given the actor Michael Sarah, the location of Rhode Island, seventeen ninety. Um, and the thing was a condition known as paresis. Am I saying that right, Rip? That is correct, paresis. And and for those at home who don't know what that means, it's um a shy bladder condition. <laughs> So to say the least, this is a very interesting <laughs> condition grouping of criteria. <clears throat> Let me give you a bit of background about Rhode Island first. Um, 1790, Rhode Island is an interesting time. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, but Pawtucket, Rhode Island is actually what where many people consider the uh, origin of the American Industrial Revolution happening. So keep that in mind. Wait, so that, he's a real person, not just a... Family Guy beer mascot. I forgot all about that. <laughs> um, it's a real no. Pawtucket is a town. Oh, in in Rhode Island, where the American Industrial Revolution is said to have begun. Okay. Okay. You got it. You got. You I'm got on the background. Board. I'm following. Okay, so this is back in 1790. They've just started the textile mill. What they do there, they make cloth, right? Here's where the story begins. Not long after the first mills start producing cloth, strange things start happening in the small town of Pawtucket. Figures are appearing in the cloth. Faces, shapes, etc. At first, people say it's just malfunctioning equipment, but when the shapes take on a more demonic appearance, folks start to get scared. And this is where Michael Sarah enters. Michael Sarah plays a traveling con man, um, claiming to understand the world of the paranormal, so he hatches a scheme to uh, help the people of Pawtucket discover what is happening and also relieve them of all their money at the same time. What? <laughs> so your movie that we have is a horror-filled comedy starring Michael Sarah in 1790. <laughs> Did any of that make sense? Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> All right, so you're probably wondering, where does his condition um, come into play? Yes. And I have a couple of bits for you here. Perfect. Um, so number one, I want to address the story slash casting uh, bit. So soon after Michael hatches his plan to unravel the mysteries of the paranormal activity at the Pawtucket clothing mill, he realizes he's in over his head because a terrible accident occurs and one of the workers dies and no one knows what happened because it's all paranormal. And this is when a real paranormal investigator shows up played by Emma Stone. Oh, now he spend he spends the rest of the movie trying to convince her that he is not a fraud, <laughs> but she's catching on very quickly. I, I actually really like this. This is a really good one. And I, I would actually um, really like to see them together. Yeah. I think it would be a good, a good pairing. I have another casting that you're going to need to um, take note of. Uh, Jake Johnson is going to be a friend and close colleague of Michael Sarah's character. And this is where the the shy bladder comes into play. So this problem is going to plague Michael Sarah for pretty much the entire movie up until we get one scene where his friend and colleague played by Jake Johnson helps him overcome it. At some point, the two are going to be arguing about what is causing the shy bladder and what is leading to this. 
but Jake claims it's from all the stress that Michael's under and that he needs to relax. And at this point, <laughs> Jake proceeds to reenact the pottery scene from Ghost, except he's helping <laughs> Michael Sarah pee. That's brilliant. That actually might be one of the best bits we've come up with. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's all I've got for you. I just... Like, shh, Michael Sarah, it's all good, you know, as he's undoing his belt yeah. <laughs> from behind. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. That's awesome. Oh, well done. That's all right. Do you have a name? Like a title? Oh, I didn't I didn't I didn't come up with a name for uh, it. I, I owe the audience a name next week. Alright. Um I guess I'm up. I don't know how I follow that. So, uh, from, for mine, uh, Chapsy gave me Margot Robbie and Bill Hader. The location is the Swiss Alps. <clears throat> and uh, the thing, uh, it, it's an object to work in. It's a uh, Matterhorn. So, here's what I got for you. Bill Hader and Margot Robbie play siblings in this PG comedy. Uh, we got Margot, obviously the younger of the two. Uh, she's been playing second fiddle to her brother, Bill Hader, her whole life. When she catches wind that her big brother and family are traveling to the Swiss Alps to climb the Matterhorn, she convinces her husband and kids to follow in an attempt to beat her older brother to the top of the mountain and claim her rightful spot in the family as the Alpha Dog or the Alpsa Dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's your title right there, uh, Alpsa Dog. Oh my god! I got I got some bits for you though. I I tried to I love to it. shorten it this week because last week I I kind of went overboard. So I got um, <laughs> my first bit to really drive home the relationship between uh, older brother Bill Hader and younger sister uh, Margot Robbie. I want to see a montage of them growing up, and uh, Bill Hader. You know he's constantly beating her at various things like swimming or martial arts. Um, even like maybe when they're older, like a Bake Off. And uh, at the end of every competition, as uh, Bill Hader's like oh, rise, raising the trophy, I want him to just fart on her to make her feel even worse. <laughs> oh my god! And then, of course, at the end of the movie, when Margot beats him to the top of the hill, she farts on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, love it. Um, my second bit. <laughs> this is by far my worst movie making. <laughs> I like it. So, uh. Margot's Robbie, Margot Robbie's name in the movie is actually going to be Margot, and uh, Bill Hader is always trying to make these like lame attempts at a play on words with her name. So like, why don't you Margot away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's also my Bill, Bill Hader impression. Um, nailed it. <laughs> but like, despite nobody finding them funny, he like he's just like always howling at them every time. And that Bill Hader yeah. laugh of his. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love Bill Hader, man. He makes he's he's great. He's great. I'd like to see him back in like a comedic role, I guess, after Barry. I I love him in Barry, but yeah, I'd like to see him in in, in a comedic movie. <clears throat> I just love the um in Hot Rod. So I jumped on my bench grinder and uh <laughs> and a piece flew up and hit me in the head. That was, <laughs> that was pretty good, man. I full on expect our impressions to just be on point whenever we retire this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Took a nail so is that is that is that all you have for the the movie? Yeah, that's all I got this week. All right, what's your uh, what's your criteria for next week? All right, uh, so I think you're gonna like this one. We're gonna switch it up a bit. Uh, I got Denzel Washington uh, and his son John David Washington for you. Oh no, <laughs> I picked Denzel as well. 
<laughs> That's pretty great. But I hold on. So finish yours, and then and then. All right. We'll, so we'll, we'll, <clears throat> I want you to give me a movie with Denzel and uh, his son John David Washington. I think. Um, I think they'd be really good together. Unlike Will Smith and his son in After Earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into that because everyone knows how I feel about Will Smith. Uh, your location is going to be the state of New York, the year 3030. Okay. All right. I like that. Uh, the thing, which uh, to remind our audience can be a gag, flaw, object, or specialty. It's going to be a specialty this week. Uh, John David Washington has photographic memory. I like that. Okay. Yeah. I think this is like a little more in your wheelhouse, you know, maybe like a... Yeah, you, you know I love a, a futuristic plot. Yeah, a good sci-fi action flick, uh, maybe. Yeah. Cool, cool, I, cool. I do, I, do, I do love that. My movie-making criteria for you also includes Denzel Washington <laughs> with Jonah Hill. I have to say uh, a work colleague of mine gave me that pairing, so shout out. Um, the location is New York City, and then the thing would be a piece of paper with an address written on it. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Bit mysterious. Huh. Okay. I don't know. That that's a it's quite the pairing, eh? Jonah Hill and Denzel. Yeah, I found it very interesting. Either because it's you know we're either going serious Jonah, or we're going funny Denzel. Can we do that? What if we went funny Jonah, funny Denzel? Yeah, that's what I mean. That'd be fun. I mean, one of them is flipping genres, right? Have we had have yeah. we had funny Denzel? I don't know. I'd have to look back at his catalog of movies. Yeah, maybe maybe I will do that. Okay. Um you want to address a little bit of housekeeping before we uh we finish yes. this thing? A little bit of pod housekeeping. Um as I said at the top of the show, we are moving to a Tuesday release schedule, and I believe Rip also has a bit of news for us. Yeah, so uh we've decided to make a letterboxed account uh, for the pod. So uh you know if any of our followers have um have a letterboxed account you want to follow us we'll toss you a follow back you know just to kind of keep in touch uh who knows maybe swap some ideas on uh, movie suggestions moving forward um we've also made individual accounts too uh on letterboxed uh just to give you a better idea of kind of movies we like uh so for the most part it's essentially starting from january of this year onward i think chaps you might just mm-hmm. start yours i'm i'm yeah i don't know what i'm gonna do yet with mine i might go back into like what movies i've watched i might just continue from now on yeah so uh, i mean like i've been I just made mine today, but I've been touching it up just to, to give some uh, some insight to our followers, um, some fun lists on there, like uh, movies I've watched with my girlfriend, and I know that might be a popular one. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, you know, if you want to toss a follow, uh, that's the pod account is um, screenwriters, all one word, just like the pod. Uh, you can find mine under rip from the pod. That's uh, all one word, rip, R-I-P-P, <laughs> P-P. Uh, chaps is at uh, chaps from the pod. That's also all one word. <laughs> so yeah, you know, toss a follow. Let's uh, let's see what you guys are are watching. You guys can uh, see what we're watching. Yeah, and um, next week we plan on watching the movie Skyscraper, the Dwayne the Rock Johnson action flick. It's currently on Netflix. If you want to know where to catch that, and that's it for us this week. Um, take care, everybody. See ya.